I was out on the east end of Long Island with a friend of mine, and we got off of the road onto a dirt fire road, and we literally shot off the top of a hill. We were literally airborne, and as the car was coming down, I remember standing on the glove box looking down. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bob Neat. And I'm Karen Jeet. And we're super excited to have you drive with us as our drivers to take us on some adventurous drives around the world. A little quick car keeping before we meet today's driver. We're starting to line up guests for season six. So if you or anybody you know would be interested in coming on the show, either fill out the interest form in the show notes below or visit our website, drivewithuspodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And now let's meet today's driver, David Bossard from California. David Bossard, an award-winning artist, filmmaker, and author, is a 32-year veteran of the Walt Disney Company, where he contributed his talents to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and many more. David is considered an authority in Disney art and animation history and has been awarded a U.S. patent in 2018 for his invention Parallax-based monoscopic rendering followed by an additional U.S. patent in 2020 for varying display content based on viewpoint. He continued to explore transformative, immersive experiences through writing and publishing numerous books, program notes, and dozens of articles on animation. Here's David. Welcome, Dave, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to be here. How would you describe your relationship with driving and describe yourself as a driver? I love driving. I, I really absolutely love just getting in the car and going for a drive, and I feel very comfortable behind the wheel. I would describe myself as probably a heavy foot. I like to go fast. Uh, and living out in Los Angeles on the freeways, even though the speed limit is 65 on the freeways, most people are doing 75, 80 out here which suits me just fine. I like to go with the flow of traffic. And, and I, I would say that I'm a, I'm a very defensive driver, but I'm also slightly aggressive. Does it not ever, I don't know, like I feel like if I went that much above the speed limit, I'd be constantly worried of a police officer catching me. Do you not have that fear? And you're just like, no, I can go fast. <laughs> no, you know, I think if you go with the flow of traffic, you're doing pretty good. My rule when I'm driving on the freeways, regardless of how fast I'm driving, if there's at least one or two cars going faster than me, I'm okay with it. And also out here in Los Angeles, I've just resigned myself to the fact that I will get a speeding ticket every three to four years. And I'm okay with that. And I always do, by the way, I, I always do traffic school, so I don't get points against my license. Well, I guess as long as you're okay with that. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> it, it really is. It's inevitable. And, you know, with the amount of cars that are driving on the roads today, there just isn't enough highway patrol or state troopers, depending on where you live. There's just not enough of them on the roads. So the likelihood is that if you've got an eagle eye when you're driving, if you're looking in your rearview mirror for the troopers or the highway patrol cars, you're usually going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. <laughs> the key there is if you're paying attention. There's a lot of people who don't pay attention while they're driving. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's so many people doing so many other things on the roads today, and most of it involves people 
texting and on their phones and it, it's just craziness you know i i actually a couple of months ago had somebody hit me from behind because they drifted out of their lane because they were on their phone and it's crazy i don't use my phone when i'm driving when i do the bluetooth so i have the phone hooked through through the car and if a call comes in i will just hit the button on the steering wheel and i and i can just talk while i'm driving but i'm not holding a device and for me when when you're behind the wheel of a car you should be paying attention to the roads Exactly. Especially out there in LA. I mean, like with the amount of traffic there is, I'm surprised you're even able to go like 70 miles an hour on a highway. Well, I have to tell you, there are times when you can drive like that, but yeah, you're right. There is a lot of traffic, but since the pandemic hit, the traffic is a lot less because people are working at home and they're not getting in their cars and driving to the office. In fact, one of the big problems that's happening out here is because there's less traffic, people are actually driving even faster. And I, I've been seeing reports of people getting stopped doing 110 miles an hour on the roads. And, and I know in New York, because I was just there for the holidays in New York, they're actually running television ads telling people to slow down. That's been a byproduct of, of the reduced traffic in these metropolitan areas is that people are driving faster. That, and I feel like the people who started driving again have maybe forgotten a little bit about driving. <laughs> yeah, it may be that. And I, I just think that the cars today are more powerful. Even these electric vehicles, Teslas and stuff can really get up to speed very quickly. And people are taking advantage of that. And one of the problems is that a lot of those folks that are going at a high rate of speed, they really don't have the driving skills to handle the vehicle at that kind of a speed. So if you make a quick move at that kind of a speed, you're going to lose control of the car and probably flip it. And I've seen a number of cars flipped on the freeway out here in Los Angeles over the years. And it was all because somebody was trying to all of a sudden make a quick move over to try and get to an exit that they weren't paying attention and they were going to miss their exit. When you're traveling at that, that rate of speed and you you make a turn or try to try to make a lane change very quickly, a lot of these people have lost control of the cars and, and they wind up flipping it. Yeah, it's very scary, like getting behind a wheel, especially behind like sports cars or cars like that. Speaking of crazy drivers, what would you say is one of your top three craziest driving experiences? I, I have to tell you the, the number one craziness, because when I look back on it, I, I, I would absolutely say, what was I thinking? But I used to, when I was 12, 13 years old, I taught myself how to drive my father's car without his knowledge. I would come home in, in mid-afternoon from elementary school and my father was at the office in New York City and my mother had gone back to work at that time so she wasn't home and I used to be able to get into my father's car and I could start it with a screwdriver. I didn't need the key. So I could start the car with a screwdriver and I would drive around town with the car with a friend of mine 
in the passenger seat. And if we drove too much, I'd pull into a gas station and put like a gallon of gas in the car and bring it back to the house. The first time I got behind the wheel of a car, I knew the basics, but you're sort of learning under fire. Did you ever get caught? No, no. My, my, my parents never found out about it until decades later. But the funny thing was, though, that when I was 15 and a half, I was eligible to get a learner's permit. And my father took me out on a Sunday morning out to like an industrial area that had large parking lots that were empty. And he was going to teach me how to drive. And you have to realize my father was a terrible driver. My father grew up in Greenwich Village, New York, and he didn't get his driver's license until he was 28. He failed his driver's test three times before he got a license. So his entire life, he was a terrible driver. And here he is trying to teach me how to drive. And he had no idea that I had already been driving for several years. So he's going through the motions of showing me how to start the car, how to put it in drive, the gas and brake pedal and all of that kind of stuff. And then he said, okay, get behind the wheel and let's see what you can do. And I, I, started the car. I put it in drive. I had my elbow out the window on the door and I was driving with one hand around the parking lot. And he was just utterly amazed. He just thought I was so mechanically inclined and I, I just taken to it like a, a duck to water. It's a natural. It was really kind of comical. Next in line, I, I, I have to say, was I was I was out on the east end of Long Island with a friend of mine and we got off of the road onto a dirt fire road and, and he had this souped up car and he was going fast along this fire road and we literally shot off the top of a hill. I mean, the car was airborne. It was like something out of the Dukes of Hazards or something. And I know I'm dating myself when I mention a show like that. But yeah, we were, we were literally airborne. And as the car was coming down, I remember standing on the glove box looking down and the car landed into it was like sandy soil the car dove in and bounced out and there was no damage to the car but it was very jarring and it was scary i have to say it was scary for a moment but but af afterwards when you survive something like that you're just laughing i'm surprised the car like nothing happened to it wow yeah, it was kind of crazy. And, and the other time where I was probably excited but starting to verge on fear was I was in another friend's car. Again, these were souped up muscle cars. And we were on Ocean Parkway on the South Shore of Long Island. And he got the car up to about 120 miles an hour. And, and that was hair raising because I had never gone that fast before. When we got up to that speed, I was I was really starting to hold on and, and starting to worry. And now, you know, in California, it's like, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Now, now in California, there's there's cars on a regular basis blowing by you doing 100 or 110 miles an hour. Speaking of California, how would you describe the drivers there? And I know you've been to several other states. So how would you compare drivers? drivers in California to other states? Generally speaking, I think California drivers are terrible. 
compared to other states. And I've actually driven all over the world. And, and I have to say, in, in California, I've never seen so many people that, like, when you put on your turn signal, your blinker, to, to try and get over into a lane, I've never seen so many people speed up to try and close the gap to not let you in, which is crazy because in other states, whether it's New York or Delaware or down in Florida or, or the Carolinas, oftentimes when I put on my blinker to change lanes or to get over, most people lift their foot off the accelerator and give you a little bit of space so that you can do it. But out here, there's this craziness to it where people are speeding up when you put your signal on, which probably leads to why so many people aren't using their signals or blinker to change lanes because maybe they're fed up with people constantly speeding up on them to, to close the gap and not let them in. Like they must be in front. Nobody can get in front of you. Yeah, it's nutty. And when there's traffic, when there's like a lane ending and people have to merge over, the, the traffic would actually move so much better if people would adhere to the zipper method, meaning that one car goes, another car pops in, another car goes, another car pops in. It, it, it's like closing a zipper. If everybody just gave a little bit of space, the actual the, the traffic would actually move better rather than being jammed up the way it is half the time. I, I do think that out here people aren't as courteous, if you will, uh, on the road. It's sort of every person for themselves mentality almost. And half of them are doing something they shouldn't be doing, like on their phone or just not paying attention. I, I've seen people with newspapers open as they're driving, which is just crazy. I feel like to an extent, we have some of those similarities here in Maryland, not probably as bad as it is out in LA, but I've noticed the blinker thing here too, where if you put it on, people will not let you in. They'll try to close the gap. And then also the merge points is the worst part. I feel like the left lane just keeps going and never lets the right lane merge in. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, I have to say, like when I've been over in the Delaware beaches area, Rehoboth Beach and Lewis, you know, Southern Delaware, people have been generally courteous, I find. And, and it, it, it just makes it a much more pleasant experience. And, and this whole pandemic, I've been working out of my home like so many other people, but I've been going and getting in my car like two, three times a week and just going for a drive. Just get out on the road and just go for a drive. Because I, I enjoy it so much. I mean, I find it very relaxing, especially when I'm in places like Southern Delaware or out on the east end of Long Island, where there's less traffic, depending on the time of year, obviously. It, it just, I find it very relaxing and enjoyable to be out on the road and, and sort of touring and, and listening to the radio. And there's nothing like it. It's just, it's a wonderful experience. I completely agree with you. I, I work from home now too. And I just like every couple of days in the week, we'll go out for a drive just, just because I enjoy driving too. I kind of miss it. So it's like, just no, no destination of mine. Just like drive around for a little bit. That's it. I, I lived in Ireland for a little while for about a year. And every Saturday morning we would jump in the car and we would just go for a drive. 
we'd have a map and we'd say, oh, well, this kind of looks cool down. There's there's some abandoned abbey down here. And we just go and explore, just meander around the countryside and go down these small country lanes and discover stuff. And, and that's, to me, the, the fun of getting out on the road. Speaking of Ireland, they do drive on the left-hand side, right? Opposite side. Yes. And when I was over there, if nobody was on the road, I, I found myself drifting to the opposite side. And, and I'd, I'd catch myself when I'd see a car turn onto the road or something. I'm like, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> it does take a little bit of getting used to, I have to say. Did you ever get used to it? And did you ever the opposite when you came back to the States? I never did the opposite when I came back to the States. And I did eventually get used to it over in Ireland driving around. But again, it, it's really a matter of, of having to really pay attention and not do anything else, but you have your hands on the wheel and drive and be aware of what you're doing. Yeah, I can only imagine how hard it would be, like practically relearning how to drive in the opposite like of everything that you know. Yeah, I, I think it, it's not that bad, but it does require concentration. Were there any driving law or driving practices that were different in Ireland versus here in the U.S.? Over there, there were a lot more in the way of roundabouts, which we're starting to see more here in in this country. Even out here in California, there, there's a there's a little area that's known as Old Town Newhall near where I live, and they've put in a roundabout at one end of the the, the village. And it really, like, I think when you get used to using a roundabout, it really does keep the traffic moving at a nice pace as opposed to just having traffic lights. And I, I actually do like the, the roundabouts. But again, I like the roundabouts when everybody knows how to use a roundabout because there's so many exactly. people when they, come to a, when they come to a roundabout in this country, there's so many people that like stop. They're like, I don't know what to do. The whole point of a roundabout is to not really stop, but to kind of yield and merge into the roundabout. And it takes some getting used to. Yeah, we, we've had a couple around our area. And like you said, it's great as long as people know how to use it. <laughs> I don't think people yeah. here know how to use it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole thing. They're great when there's not very much in the way of traffic because you can just swing right into it. Let's switch gears a little bit into more of what kind of driver you are. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Aside from people on their phones constantly, because anytime I come to a traffic light where a red light where I have to stop, if I'm behind a couple of cars, invariably when the traffic signal turns green, the cars in front of you, one of the cars is just sitting there because the person's buried in their phone. And I, the thing I want to say to everybody that's listening is you're not that important. You're not that important that you have to be on your phone that much. You can wait until you get to your destination and then look at your phone and respond to an email. What somebody is saying or liking on Facebook is really not important when you're driving your car. That's one pet peeve. My other pet peeve is that so many people do not use their signals. And in some states, it's actually the law. In New York State, it's the law that you should be using your signal to change lanes. And if you don't, the, you could get, get pulled over by 
by a state trooper. The blinker is a signal to the other drivers around you that you're going to do something different. You're going to change lanes. You're going to turn at a corner, whatever it is. So use your signals and don't get buried in your phone while you're at a red light. Yeah, I feel like the signal one is a big one that a lot of people say. And it's also the worst when someone moves and then puts on their signal. It's like, okay, well, what's the point of that? I already know you moved over. (laughs) Yeah, it's really puzzling some of the things that people do on the roads. I often have said to myself, well, I'm not going to be surprised by anything I see. And I'm frankly surprised on a regular basis when I see people do the craziest things. And I'm seeing more and more people crash their cars. I just returned from New York where I spent the holidays. And when I arrived, I got a rental car and I was driving along one of the parkways on Long Island. And somebody had flown past me, had to have been doing 100. And I came upon traffic slowing down five, 10 minutes later. And this person lost control of the car and had wrapped their car around the tree. And frankly, I don't think they even survived. It was that bad. I saw the car and I I thought to myself, there's no way the person survived that crash. And I wasn't even in New York an hour. And then a few days later, I was driving down to the beach driving down the parkway to the beach and there's no traffic literally and i'm coming along and i see lights up ahead flashing lights a couple of new york state troopers were stopped and somebody on the other side of the parkway going in the opposite direction uh single car crashed their car completely totaled and you're sitting there wondering what were they doing there was no one else on the road did they fall asleep or I, I, I couldn't figure out what had happened, but they completely totaled the car and all the airbags had gone off. And when all the airbags go off in a car, the insurance company totals the car because it's, it's more expensive to try and put new airbags in. Yeah, that's it's just scary. I feel like people don't realize how dangerous driving can be until something happens to them. Like if they see it happen to someone else, yeah, maybe you're like, okay, it should like pay attention a little more. But until it happens to you, I feel like people don't change their driving behaviors. I completely agree with you. I I really do because you're constantly seeing people doing things that they really shouldn't be doing. And eventually their luck is going to run out and they're going to wind up having a serious accident. Have you ever experienced road rage, whether it was you yourself having it or someone else around you having it? I think everybody's probably experienced some mild amount of road rage, but I would say that I have seen people do some crazy stuff on the roads because they felt slighted or somebody had cut them off or whatever it was. Like if there was a cop around, they would have been pulled over right away. I I see that on a somewhat regular basis out on the freeways of California. Oh, that's crazy. Like the fact that that's just normal. Yeah, it's unfortunate because sometimes it gets so severe and we see those things. We see reports of that in the news where somebody pulls out a gun or is shooting at people or using their car as a battering ram to smash into them, which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think how driving can affect people in that way. It's like everyone's going through something 
and you should just share the road and, <laughs> and just like get to your destination and not really care so much as to like oh if one person cut you off it's okay just let them go yeah i find myself when i'm when i'm driving around on the east coast down in Delaware, the eastern shore of Maryland, Pennsylvania, up on Long Island or in New New England. I don't know what it is, but it, it's a much more relaxed driving for me than it is out here in Los Angeles on, on the freeways here in California. It, it seems much more stressful here than when I'm back there. And I still haven't figured out why. Maybe it's because I'm on vacation or I'm, I'm out of California. And it could be a combination of all those things. I feel like being on vacation is part of the you don't you're more relaxed. So you don't really care as much as what other drivers do versus if you're, say, commuting to work, then you're like, OK, like you want to get somewhere and then they're trying to get somewhere. I feel like you get a little more upset. No, I, I agree. I, I, I think you're right. I think it's also a matter of perspective. So like for us, I feel like East Coast drivers are pretty crazy. But then again, I have not driven on California highways. So maybe that's just way worse. I think it is. And I, I learned how to drive in New York. And people talk about New York drivers. And that to me, New York drivers, in my mind, know what they're doing. Most of the time, it seems. Everybody's wanting to just keep the flow of traffic going. I, I used to joke with, with people out here in, in California. I used to say, why why do people slow down when there's a cop on the side of the road who's already pulled somebody over? In New York, when the trooper has pulled somebody over on the side of the road, that's license for you to speed up and keep moving because they're busy. They're not going to come after you. <laughs> I've actually seen police officers pull multiple people over but i mean i guess if they're in the middle of giving someone a ticket they're probably not paying attention to the other drivers yeah but i've seen multiple cars pulled over but there's usually multiple troopers and they're pointing and pulling people over to the side but when there's just one highway patrol or state trooper who's pulled somebody over oh he's busy with that person he's not paying attention to everyone else out on the road so just take off and do your thing some people want to slow down and look at what's happening yeah there's a lot of rubbernecking that goes on that's for sure switching gears a little bit to the future of cars what are your thoughts on self-driving cars? Is this something that you would get into? Is this something that you're interested in? You know, I, I, I'm always interested in technology and those types of things where they're going to improve the driving experience. But they're talking about completely self-driving cars where you'll get into like a little pod and, and tell the computer, take me to 123 Main Street. And then you can just sit there and chat with your you know loved ones or your friends. And, and this little pod just zips along and gets you to your location. I'm not opposed to it. I think it would be fun or it, it certainly would be fine by me for certain things, but it's never going to replace the driving experience. And, and that's the thing that I really love is, is the driving experience itself. So to take an Uber or a Lyft or some type of uh, car service that uses the, that 
sort of self-driving technology, that would be fine if I'm going to the airport or I'm going to a restaurant at night and I don't want to drive myself because I'm going to have a few drinks or something. I, I think it's, it's fabulous. It's going to make life wonderfully easy for people. It's going to change up the whole experience of whether you actually own a car or not in the future. But for me, I just love the driving experience and even like driving classic cars. It's fun to be able to go out on the road in a classic car on a Sunday morning. I don't think that experience is going to change for those people that enjoy doing that. I think what might change is, and there's a cottage industry right now of companies that are taking classic cars and replacing the internal combustion engine, converting them to EVs, electric vehicles. So you can drive a classic car, but it's an electric vehicle that's been retrofitted. And, and I think that's neat. Yeah, I agree. Self-driving cars will not be able to replace that feeling of just being able to drive yourself. Of course, like I guess when you're like coming home from work, you're exhausted or like, like you said, you went to a restaurant occasionally for certain things. It's like, yeah, sitting through traffic, the car can take me. But if you want to just go for a drive, you want to be able to actually do the driving. Absolutely. And, and, and I think you brought up a good point. I think that they're going to be fine for people that are going to and from the office because I know when I was commuting to and from the office, I generally spent uh, anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours a day on the roads. And that's, to me, a somewhat wasted time. If you had a self-driving vehicle that you could sit in and you could read, you could make phone calls, you could do other things while the vehicle's taking you to your destination. Yeah, we can completely relate to that. Before I started work from home, but she, Taryn G still does, we both had like one and a half hour drives like to work and one and a half back. So Yikes. it's like three hour round trip commutes. Yeah. So for that, self-driving cars would be nice. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, yeah. I would want to drive myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like it. Bonus question time. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready for the bonus question. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? I would say no one can be on the roads within a one mile radius when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a little bubble. <laughs> yes, that would be my, if I put my Burger King crown on and I could wave my scepter and say, no one can be on the roads within a mile of me driving that you would be great of like stay six feet away social distance i don't know if you've seen like yes. there's people that would have like poles taped to them i think that's what i'm kind of imagining like you have this like bubble of like <laughs> poles around you like yes. one mile there you go that would be it because then it would be such a, it, it would be a 100 percent beautiful driving experience <laughs> yeah I can just imagine if there's like a magnetic force or something and he just kind of like pushes the cars a little further to stay within that. <laughs> yes. I don't think others would like it, but you got the one mile. <laughs> the other thing that, that would be wonderful is to have your own lane. It would be like the carpool lane, except it would be only for you to use. Wow, that would be very expensive <laughs> road work. <laughs> No, I, I don't think so because it's not I'm I'm not saying anyone else could have that. I'm just saying it would be for me. Just for you, especially. Yeah. yeah. And then you could just collect tolls, I guess, on if someone else wants to take it. That's the one thing out here in California I don't miss. 
is tolls. When you're on the East Coast, you have to contend with a lot more in the way of tolls. But out here in California, you've got the freeway system and it's free. I mean, there's a couple of toll roads in a few areas, but those are private roads that were built that bypass some traffic areas. But one of the things I, I really like now with the tolls is that they've gone to the easy pass and you just fly through. Yeah, the one thing I do like about Maryland in terms of tolls is you can always find a way around the tolls. <laughs> you don't yes. have to take yes. the road. There's always a workaround. Well, we are coming close to the end of the episode. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers? Again, I really emphasize the fact that please use your blinker, your directional, your signal, which allows you to let the other drivers on the road know what you're you're about to do or what you want to do. When I see somebody put on their directional, I slow down, I give them some space, that kind of a thing. Honestly, if I'm driving along and somebody's trying to edge into my lane, if they're not using their directional, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, that's what the directionals are for. If you put on your directional, your blinker, whatever you want to call it, you're letting those drivers around you know what you're going to be doing. It's just road courtesy. Yeah, exactly. Now, if only people would actually do that and understand how important it is. Well, at least the three of us can try and get the word out on your podcast. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Before we let you go, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'm on all the social media platforms, and they can also go to my website, which is davidbossert.com, D-A-V-I-D-B-O-S-S-E-R-T.com. You can see some of the books I've written and articles on animation and Disney and all kinds of fun stuff. And there's links to all my social media sites, so you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. It was really fun talking to you about the craziness that is driving. That's right. And it was a pleasure to be on your show and I really appreciate it. And it was very nice to meet you both. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to David's stories as much as we enjoyed chatting with him about his crazy driving experiences. Come chat with us on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast and share whether you can relate to David's stories. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with Trevor from California. He shared with us about the time a road rage incident continued into the grocery store and driving an ambulance to deliver strawberries. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review on Podchaser. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you so much for choosing to drive with us, and we'll see you all next week. This person, he pulls over to the side of the road, so I'm immediately concerned. Didn't think much of it. Went to the grocery store. We're walking around the grocery store, and some dude comes rolling around the corner, and it's the guy. And he says to me, did you just cut somebody off?